How many of you know that it's important to have a good perspective of a situation to be able to understand that situation? And at times, you may view it one way, but along the way, your perspective of that situation can change because of something else or somebody else. If you will turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. We're going to read Mark 6, 1 through 6. Excuse me, I've been under the weather all week, and I cannot hear today because of this cold. It's kind of a good thing because I can get away with not doing things at home, so I didn't hear you. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about having a proper perspective. We're in a new series that started today, and I pray that through this series that God will open your eyes or give you clear vision or tell someone a God view of the situation. A God's eye view. What's a God's eye view? That's getting up above your problem to when you look down, your problem doesn't look as big as it would if you were there in the middle of it. Right? Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown. Everybody say hometown. <laughs> accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Here's what they said. Where did this man, and remember, these are people that knew Jesus when he was a boy. He said, where did this man get these things? In other words, where did he get this knowledge? Someone say knowledge. They asked. What's this wisdom, someone say wisdom, that has been given him? What are these remarkable, someone say miracles? He is performing. Another version said he performed with his hands. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. What? Except in his own town. Among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. This is the same Jesus that previously had, had seen people raised from the dead, had just got through feeding thousands of people in miracle after miracle. But yet when he gets to his hometown, these people, because of their perspective, only a few things could be done. Only a few miracles happened. Only a few things changed. Can you pray with me? I want you to bow your heads. Just lift your voice in this house. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for a new beginning today. We know that it's just another day, but Father, we mark this day today as a day of change. As a, as a new season, Lord God. As the, the page turning and a new chapter beginning in our life. We thank you for 2019, Lord God. It has its amazing ups and downs, but God, we are looking forward to what you're going to do. We believe that this year is going to be the best year for the kingdom of God. And if it's the best year for the kingdom of God, it's the best year of our life. And we thank you for that. Let us be different this year, Lord. Let us make the right and proper changes in our life today, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give him one more praise offering, amen? Amen. 
How many of you know that it doesn't matter what you're going through as much as it matters how you perceive what you're going through? How you view what you're going through in your life is more important than what you're actually going through itself. Because the majority of the time, you think it's so bad, but when you step back from it or you get out of it, how many of you know that it doesn't look as bad as it did before? Is that true? How many of you have been through something like that in your life before? And until you change your perspective on what you're going through, how many of you know that you will never get out of it? The enemy works with our perception of our situation. That's what he does. He's the author of all confusion. He's the father of all lies. His job is to deceive you. And so what he'll do is he'll try to tell you something or deceive you so it will alter your perspective of that situation. Does that make sense? <clears throat> what he does is he changes the way that you view it. One person may see what they're going through as a crisis, but another person may look at it as an opportunity. Have you ever viewed your crisis as an opportunity? How many of you know that when you become a believer, when, when you're on fire for the Lord and you get God on your side, that crisis doesn't look like a hard thing. It looks like an opportunity for God to do something big through your life. It's hard to do that, though, unless you have a God view unless you change your perspective of the situation. Some people see a recession as a dilemma, and then other people see it as a business opportunity. Some people see singleness as a curse, but other people see it as a blessing. <laughs> How many of you know that you can view it in two different ways? God's going to send that person, trust me. But can I tell you, it's so, listen, I love being married. We love our relationship, but there are benefits to both. And, and when I was single in my life, I could not wait to find the one I was going to be with. I couldn't wait. And it seemed like an eternity. It seemed like forever. Like, God, am I ever going to find that person? But then once I did, that whole span of what I thought was like 50 years seemed like just a couple weeks. Time went by. And Crystal's dreams came true. <laughs> when you wish upon a star. <clears throat> Some people see marriage as a dilemma. Some people see marriage as a blessing. You might say that's because they're not married to who I'm married to. <laughs> but can I tell you, there is somebody out there, if you do not View your spouse the way you should. There is somebody out there, and if you don't watch because they're looking, that will have the perspective that you don't over your spouse. Amen? They will view them differently than you do. When I counsel people a lot, in my life I have found that what they are going through is not nearly perplexed to me is how they are perceiving it in the moment of where they're going or what they're going through. It doesn't seem as perplexed, does it? When someone comes to you with a problem, how many of you know because you're not in the middle of it and your mind isn't cluttered by all the chaos, it's easy for you to have a different view and perspective of what they're going through, so it's easy for you to just begin to give them direction. Correct? 
because your perspective is different than their perspective. But I had a question, and I was going through this in my mind. How do people who survive life know, and what do they know that people who struggle do not know? What do people who know how to sustain a relationship know that people who can't stay in a relationship don't know? What do they know different than that person? It's not that they're any, you know, any more special or, or, or they're on a different level because of, of, of their status or what they make, financial. That's not what it is. But what do they know that the other people don't? What do successful people know that people who constantly fail don't know? Hear me when I tell you this. What you don't know, say this with me, say, what I don't know can hurt me. Did you know that? What I don't know can kill me. What I don't know can destroy me. But here's a key if you're taking notes. One thing that is key in having the proper perspective and perception of the situation is exposure. Like a Polaroid. How many of you know that that picture has to have time to expose before you can get a clear perspective of who is in that picture and what is in that. How many of you remember Polaroids? I know they're coming back out a little bit, but I remember Polaroids. Man, they, back when I was a kid, that's all we had. They were big. This was the camera you had. And you'd push the button and look like a slice of cheese would come out, right? American cheese. And then you'd have to, what would you do? You shake it and you blow on it. Isn't it crazy, though, the one thing that helps that thing develop is the air? That's symbolic of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? A whole other message and series on that. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. No, kid. <clears throat> having a proper perspective, you need exposure. You need to be exposed. For David to be able to have the right perspective of what it would be like to be a king, the Lord set him up because this... Because Saul, the king at that time, was having nightmares. We know this. I've talked about it in here. And the Bible says, go get the soothed player, the one that can just play the harp and soothe my mind. The Bible says they went and got David to bring the harp in and to play the harp to help his mind at ease. He wasn't the king yet, but yet now he was being exposed to the kingdom and what it was like to be a king and what it was like to live in a kingdom. Exposure. Oh, this is what the kingdom's like. This is what the lifestyle's like. This is what it's like to be in this atmosphere. Exposure helped him have a different perspective of the situation. It's like foreign exchange students that come over to our country. I'm not saying from everywhere, but the majority of people that come over that are foreign exchange students, man, they have been exposed to things that we haven't been exposed to yet. And so when they come over, you don't find the majority of them skipping school like a lot of our American kids do. I'm not talking about you or you, Riley or Selah. <laughs> they don't take it for granted as much as the next person. Why? Because they have found that we have been exposed to a country that we don't have the freedom that you do. So we are going to dig in and we're going to study as hard as we can. And they dig in. Because they've been exposed to something else, and now they're exposed to the freedom of our country. Same opportunities, right? But different perspectives because of different exposure. Tell someone perception is everything. Yeah. We've all been there when there's been people that we know that they just hate their jobs. You ever hated a job? I'll be honest, I have. 
I love this job. People who hate their jobs and just complaining all the time about that job. I had one job that I, I, I did not, I hated this job, man. I hated it. <laughs> I've done all kinds of things. What do they call it? A jack of all trades, but a master of, of none, right? <clears throat> but I remember in Florida, uh, my friend had asked me to come and help him uh, put a roof on a house. He was a roofer. And can I tell you that Florida is not the place that you want to be a roofer. And I was like, yeah, I could do that, man. I'm going to get up there and try it out. I mean, we're 10 minutes in, and I'm just sweating. It feels like it's 800 degrees on top of this roof, and I'm scraping shingles off this roof and having to carry, like, this load of shingles up a ladder. Horrible, miserable. Hated every minute of it. And you know what I did every single minute of it? I complained. <laughs> you ever done that? You ever find yourself complaining? How about you ever just complain to yourself? And you're trying to think of people to blame it on, but there's nobody around. So you just you get mad, you start kicking stuff, and you're angry, and you're throwing stuff around. And, and can I tell you, that makes the day go by a lot slower, and it's just more miserable. But we all know someone who hates their job, complaining all the time, but there's always that other person that can walk into the same exact job and say, God, I thank you for this job. Oh, I've been praying for this job, Lord. I've been praying for an income, God, of some sort, and I'm so thankful that I get to wake up every day and I get to go to a job where I can make a difference in your kingdom and, God, that I can get a, a paycheck because of it and I can cover my bills. I'm so thankful for it. One can come in smiling and the other one can come in looking like his football team didn't make the playoffs. I'm a Cowboys fan, if you didn't know. But I'm smiling today still. It's all right. It was a Patriots loss. That's exactly right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it could be joy in any situation. Exactly. My point. Why? Because I could perceive it as either my team lost or the Patriots lost. <laughs> but isn't it crazy? These same two people, the same jobs, one come in smiling, one comes in frowning. One person we see, man, they come in, and, and look, they both park in the same, someone say same, the same parking lot. They both come in the same exact door. They both make the same exact amount of money, and they're both going through the same exact issues, but they perceive their situations differently. Maybe you've been asking God to change your situation, when really you should be asking God to change you in this situation, in your perspective of your situation. God, what am I not seeing? God, why do you have me here? I want to know because I want to do my best in it. What is it that I'm supposed to see, Lord? Sometimes you can't see it because you're viewing nothing but the problem. You're viewing the situation you're viewing all the symptoms but you're not getting to the root of the problem and that's what the enemy will do he will put all these symptoms and all these things in your way to where you'll never see the root of it is this good so far amen so in this text what this text is teaching us is how dangerous it can be in our life to have the wrong perception of the wrong perspective of a situation. 
The Bible says this. It says, when he had come into his own country. This is the same Jesus. I want you to get this part. The same Jesus who was confounding the doctors and the lawyers with wisdom at the age of 12 in the same exact place. Someone say the same town. The Bible says they were in awe of him when he was a kid. He would come in with this wisdom and just begin to confound people. And people who had studied and had knowledge and understanding, they were just blown away by the wisdom that this young boy had. But here we see, 18 years later, he's coming back, listen, into the same place. With the same exact people who were awing him as a child, listen to this, they're now questioning him. They're saying, where does he get this wisdom? Where does this wisdom come from? Remember, this is not new wisdom. Tell someone it's not new wisdom. It's not new knowledge. The Bible said this, they were shocked at his knowledge, his wisdom, and they were shocked at the miracles. Someone say the works, right? That were performed by his hands. These three things you need in life. These are three things that will help you with your perspective. I'm going to break them down real quick before we get out of here. And I want you to understand these, that we can walk into this new year, into 2020, with these three things, with, with more knowledge, amen, with, with more wisdom in our life, and that we will be able to work as hard as we could with what God gives us with that knowledge and that wisdom. How many of you know that's what's going to get you through? Oh, we pray for God to come down. Can I just be honest with you? Here in America, mostly, we have become lazy. <laughs> you might not like me after this sermon today. It's okay. I'm going to start the new year off right. I'm going to get the worst one out of the way, and then they're all going to be good. All the other 51. 52, yeah. But we become lazy. What do you mean? Oh, I love the Bible app. But when's the last time you picked up your physical Bible? That's so quiet. I feel like we're in a Presbyterian church. <laughs> when is the last time you picked your physical Bible up and you wrote in it and you highlighted it? Man, growing up, my mom had this Bible. She still has it to today. This Bible is taped. I mean, there's more tape on this thing than there is paper. <laughs> Why? Because she has went through it. She has studied with it. She has marked it up. The leather on it's fallen apart. She won't get rid of it. All her notes are in this Bible. There are so many different um, uh, envelopes and, and uh, what do you call the bulletins and different things that she had marked notes on and shoved it in there. And it's like just a bundle of like a, looks like bad wrapping on a birthday present. But it's precious to her. She has invested in that. But we have become so lazy in our life here in America, especially that we have lost that connection with God because of all the instant, all the fast, all the easy. We want to make it so easy for us that, that we don't have any connection anymore. What happened to it? Even our prayers have gotten shorter. Can I tell you as a pastor, I've been doing this for a long time now, 22 years, that I have seen it through the years, and I've been just as guilty at times, but church has changed. Come on. If you're new to this thing, it's not any worse. I'm not trying to say it like that. But there are ways, someone say ways, that we have gotten away from. Some good, like the, if you don't dress like us, then you can't come. That's a good one to get away from, right? 
the us four and no more country club churches, right? <laughs> the white church, the black church, and the Spanish church. How many of you are glad that we got... I know that there's still some around, and there's nothing wrong with that because of languages, and I understand that we do congregate that way, but I'm talking about where if you're not uh, white or you're not black or you're not Spanish, you can't come to this church or you don't belong. No one will say it, or you will have some that do. But it has put barriers and walls up between us. And what that has done, can I tell you what it's done? It has hurt us so much. That when the, the lost and the sinners, we want them to come into the house of God, they have a different perspective of what church is because of what one church does. They have a different perspective of pack. Can I tell you my job? I love my job. But just like your job is, well, my job ain't easy. And I'm not trying to, you know, toot my own horn, but toot, toot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to try to get people to come to church. Because of things that have happened through the years with other pastors and other churches. And guess what? You will be branded by association. Amen? Thank you. I need more of that. Look, the harder you preach, the harder I preach. But the thing is this. The day that we live in, it's because we have become so lazy. There's so many options. The perspective of everything. Everyone wants to make everything look good. Right? Just check social media and you'll see what I'm talking about. Look at people's Instagram. Look at their Instagram and then go pop in on them on a Monday and see how they really live. <laughs> pop in on them, see if they got the duck face with the lipstick and the hair looking good and the coffee cup looking right at Starbucks while they're reading some novel that no one else is reading, right? <laughs> or they're on the greatest day of their life. They were arguing five minutes before they took that picture. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. That's real life. I want to be real in front of you. I want you to be real in front of me. Because what that does to me, it shows, I know you got highlights. I know God's doing good things in your life. I can have that perspective of who you are. But you showing me the real you, just as Jesus didn't only show us the miracles, he showed us how he struggled in the flesh when he was, remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? And, and he had this burden and he tried to get rid of the, he said, Father, take this cup from me. Three times he went to the Father. My flesh cannot bear this. But yet the Spirit took over and he said, Nevertheless, nevertheless, let thy will be done in my life. He showed us real. And because of that, it showed me that I'm not as low as I think I am. It's not as hard as I think it is. And if he can make it, look at someone and say, I can make it too. <laughs> But you need these three things, the knowledge, the wisdom, being able to work with your hands and, and put your hand to the plow. See, knowledge is something that can be, I'm going to break it down, it can be acquired. Tell someone knowledge can be learned. Knowledge can be picked up. Knowledge can be read. Knowledge can be thought through. It can be attained. And there's different ways of doing that. Some people do it by reading. Some people do it by watching. I like to read, but not as much as my wife. There's nothing in the house she has not read. <laughs> she read every book through the house, and when a new book comes in, she doesn't just read it, she reads it. And then she reads it again. And then she'll read it again until she gets another book. I'm a watcher. I learn the best by watching with my eyes. Men, most of us are like that. We know we get a new package in the mail that it requires some assembly. How many of you men, be honest, you try to put it together before you read the instructions? 
You may have a couple parts left over, but it still works, right? <laughs> we'll save that for later. I got a jar of laters, okay? I mean, extra screws and parts that I put them in things that don't belong, but it works, right? Some people learn that way. I prefer watching. I prefer being able to look at it and figure it out with my eyes. I am the man with all the knowledge that you might not ever need to know, right? Things that you will probably never need to use in your life. I want to know how it works. I love that show on TV called How It's Made. I don't even know what's around you. Anybody, anybody ever watch that? How's bubblegum made? How's, how are erasers made? It intrigues my mind. I love to see that. I, I'm the guy, I like to figure it out. I want to figure out how did they get the shape of this bottle? How did they even make this bottle? How did the label get put on the bottle? Where did they come up with the cap? How did the cap get made? It shows me why. Because I have a different understanding of it then. I struggled with trying to figure out when I was younger, how was gravy made? <laughs> I like to cook. Now my mom taught me. She taught me how to make a roux. Someone say a roux. Putting the bacon. Oh, I'm just going to make you hungry. I'm going to get more amens right now than any time. They cook the bacon. You get the bacon grease and, and you mix a little flour in it till it browns up. Someone say Hallelujah. Right? And then while that's browned, you slowly begin to add milk and then you stir it and it thickens. And then you add a little more milk and it thickens. And then you add some salt and some pepper and maybe some sausage bits. Someone say, Thank you, Jesus. How many of you feel the Holy Spirit on that one? Amen? <laughs> and then what happens is you now have white gravy. You can either put it on biscuits or you can put it on chicken fried steak. Yes. Or you can just eat it with a spoon if you're from Texas. <laughs> but once I figured out how they made that, I had a better understanding of what it was and how to do it myself. Amen. We struggle trying to figure things out, but we're too lazy to figure out how to do them. We wonder why there's wealthy people in the world, but yet we don't want to do the work to figure out how to get wealthy. Amen? We, we wonder how people can just talk to anybody and they can open up and, and, and they can communicate and, and be okay with it, but yet we don't even want to get out of the house. We don't like people. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's been times in my life where I didn't like people. You ever just been there? You just don't like people. But when you get into a situation, when you're like that, you wonder why other people, like, why can't I make friends? It's because you don't like people. If you liked people, you would have relationships. Amen? When you become a believer of Christ, you're in the people business from then on. You're in the people business. I always tell people, if it wasn't for the members, church would be awesome. <laughs> it would be so much fun. <laughs> but knowledge can be acquired, all right? Knowledge can be acquired. You can learn it if you want to learn it. How many of you know, though, that the Holy Spirit can never bring back something to your remembrance that you've never put into your head? He can never bring it back to your remembrance if you've never put it in your head in the first place. Here's the problem with the day that we live in. People have fallen in love with what's up. Someone say, what's up? I don't mean like, what's up? I mean like, they have fallen in love with the biggest thing that is up right now. They fall in love with you, listen, when you're up. 
but they don't learn how you got there. We're too lazy to figure out how it got there. So we've fallen in love with what is up, but not with the process of how it got up. Is this good? I'm going to break this down for the slow people like me. And what it is, is we're so busy trying to do what we see that we've missed a process that will bring you to the place to be up. So it is possible to look the part without having the substance. We can look like we got it all day long. Right? You can look the part, but you might not have the substance. Some of you single people that have ever been on a blind date know what I'm talking about. Maybe you met someone on Tinder or Christian Mingle. And they looked good. But look at someone and say, I was catfished. <laughs> if you don't know what catfished is, that means someone's posing. They looked the part on their social media, but when you meet them, they are a completely different person. You ever been in a relationship like that? That, that it looked one way in the picture, <laughs> but then you woke up the next morning, Right? And things didn't look the same. Things were out of place. Things weren't put together or tucked in and wrinkles and bad breath and whatever it may have been. <laughs> Let's just be real. Because you had a, a false perception of that situation. How many of you know that I believe today we need to stop asking God just to open the doors and asking God to give us a new word? Why? Because the more word that you have, it's the word that will open the door for you. What do you mean? The word helps expose your gifts. And the Bible says that a man's gifts makes room for him and it brings him before great men. It is your gifts inside of you and your gifts are not for you, they're for others. So therefore, God, don't just open a door. Father, give me a word that will open that door. Give me a word that will help me walk through that door. Give me a word of inspiration, Lord God. One word can change your life. One word. Let there be light. Amen. Come forth. Move. Go. Do. Give. Serve. Whatever it may be. One word can change your situation for eternity. But there are some things, how many of you know that you have to put the hard work in in order to see the product develop so you can become who you want to become and do what you want to do? They said, how can this boy, who's a common boy, whose father is a carpenter, know all that he knows? Can I tell you today, you have to be willing to learn beyond your current situation. You have to be willing to learn beyond your situation right now. Their thoughts were, well, his daddy was a carpenter, so he must be a carpenter too. What do they do? They limited him to functioning within the realm of how they met him. This is important for someone today. Get this part. They limited him to say, listen, you are only allowed to function within the realm of how we met you because that's how we know you. 
Okay? This is going to get really good. Their thought was, if your daddy was a carpenter, tell someone he should be a carpenter. Can I tell you this? This is why you can get your identity by your associates. You will be identified by your associates. It's called guilty by association. Why? Because your, your associates will define you by how they met you. Your associates will define you by your background. Your associates, those closest to you, will define you by your parents, by your neighborhood, by your upbringing. That's how they define who you are. They say if your daddy or your mama was a mess, you must be a mess too. If you came from from that situation, you must be limited to the situation that you came from. But I want you to look at Jesus and check this out. Who came, someone say from it. He came from it, but he was not bound to it. Isn't that good? Jesus came from it. He came from a people that thought that way, but yet he lived his life, and because of that, he was never bound to it. For someone in this house today, you might have came from it, but can I tell you, you don't have to be bound to it in Jesus' name. You might have come from a house of anger, but you are not bound to anger. You might have come from a house full of addiction and alcoholism, but you are not bound to that in Jesus' name. You might have come from a lifestyle of poverty, but you are not bound to it in Jesus' name. You are not bound to it just because you came from it. Here's the greatest part about it. Coming from it means I'm out of it. Or you would be in it still. Look at someone and say, I came from it. But I'm not bound to it in Jesus' name. You need to have the mind that goes beyond your current situation. A mind that seeks to learn, listen, is not stuck in one place. A mind that seeks to learn things that are not connected to where you came from or even where you currently are. Look at someone and say, learn outside the box. Learn outside the box. Because if you only learn things according to where you are right now, how many of you know that you can only do what you're doing right now? If you only, I'm going to say it again, if you only learn things according to where you are right now, you can only do what you're doing right now. Don't pray to go outside the box if you're not willing to learn outside the box. Oh, we pray, God, expand my territory. But I want to do the new or the same things in this new territory. You can't do the same things in the new territory that you did in the old territory. It won't work. It's new ground. In other words, you cannot do things in 2020 like you did in 19. You can't. It worked in 19, but it's like manna. Tell someone your season is like manna. You have to eat it then because you cannot save it up. It will spoil for tomorrow. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. There is a new word for you every day. Some people are living off the word they got when they were 12. Can I look at someone and say it's spoiled. It's no good anymore. It was good then. And it got you through. But there is an expiration date on that word. God will give you a new word every single morning you wake up. Amen? But only to the seekers. Otherwise, you're going to be like the cow chewing the cud, just regurgitating on that same old thing, wondering why nothing has changed. Hasn't changed. It's okay. I'm not going to hold you much longer today. I feel like I'm doing okay, but this is good. we got to start this year off right. Amen? Learn ahead, okay? 
I wasn't the best at this growing up, but I figured it out. Finally, learn ahead. You might not know what to do with the information right now, with the knowledge right now, but if you learn ahead, once you know how it works, can I tell you, that will open the door for you. Once you learn how things work and you save on to that knowledge, see, knowledge puts you on the available list with God. Did you know that? Not that God won't use you. God will still use you. But if you want to be taken to the next level and to be used for certain opportunities, God needs to see that you have knowledge, that you're storing that up, right? They said, what is this wisdom that this man has been given? Knowledge and wisdom are two different things. Knowledge will make you smart. Tell someone I'm smart, right? I seen this t-shirt in the mall. It said, four out of three people struggle with math in the United States. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It took me a minute. I'm like, what does that mean? Because <laughs> we're smart here, right? Here's the thing. Knowledge and wisdom are two different things. Knowledge will make you smart. But here's the, I know a lot of smart people who are not wise, Right? Wisdom is different. Wisdom is something that is God-given. God will open the doors and give you his divine wisdom. How do you get wisdom is the perspective of the situation. All right? Wisdom is the when to and how to. Because here's the difference of it all. Knowledge gives you the information on how to use it. Because I've studied it and I've seen it. And now I know how to use it. But wisdom will give you the insight on when to use it. Right? In other words, knowledge can teach you how to load a gun, but only wisdom can tell you when to pull the trigger. Here's my question for you. Is there something, you're not going to like this question probably. Is there something that somebody else can do with what you have and do better at it? Is there something that you have that you're not doing the best with that if somebody else had it, they could probably do better with it? Jesus had knowledge, wisdom. He knew. He performed miracles. He did the work. But because of it, he got the results. We know him as the miracle worker. We sang the song Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, right? Light in the darkness. Why is he that? Because he sought knowledge and he received wisdom. Because of it, he had understanding. See, that's what perspective does. Perspective brings understanding of the situation. If you don't understand, you ever been there and say, God, I don't understand why I'm going through this. God, I don't understand why this hasn't changed. God, why is it so hard? You just are not perceiving it the right way. You don't have the knowledge of the situation or the wisdom of God over the situation. It's not that you're not doing everything wrong or you're doing everything right. It's that sometimes you just got to sit back and get a God's eye view of the situation. Maybe you're looking at it the whole wrong way. I can look at something sometimes that just does not look right to me. And then I turn it upside down and it makes so much more sense. I have a different perspective of it. 
I have a different view of it. I have a different angle of it. Does that make sense? There's times I'm doing a project and I'm trying to work in a car and I don't know how to do it and I'm trying to figure things out and, and, and then all of a sudden I'll FaceTime my father-in-law, thank God for FaceTime, and I'll hold my phone up and he'll look at it from his view and he'll say, here's the problem. Or we'll look at it from a different angle and we'll see where the problem lies. The Bible said that in that day only a few miracles happened in that town. Why? All because of perception of a few people they were offended how can you be offended when i'm healing the sick how can you be offended when i'm raising the dead how can you be offended when when i'm setting the captives free and and i'm feeding the hungry people why would you be angry how many of you know there's, there's a lot of people in this world that will be offended at you by you doing well He says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his own relatives, and in his own home. That's shocking because that's the place you should be the most connected, right? How can I be without honor among those who I'm the most connected with? I believe that's what Christ is asking us today. How can I find more faith outside the church than I have inside the church? So I'm closing. You guys come on out to sing us something here in a minute. Let me tell you how powerful perception is. The Bible said when Satan came into the Garden of Eden to deceive Eve and try to control all of mankind, he did not use one demon. He didn't work any magic. He didn't cast any spells. You know what he did? He just worked on their perception of the situation. He said in Luke 13, 10 and 17, I want to read you this part. This is about a woman. He says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, there was a woman which had the spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed over together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called unto her and he said unto her, woman, thou art Loosed from thine infirmities. He didn't say, I'm going to heal you. He didn't say, you're about to be healed. He didn't say, you're about to be loosed. He said to a woman that was bent over like this. He said, thou art loosed from thine infirmities. You are loosed. Not going to be, but you are. And when she seen it with her own eyes and her perception changed, her condition changed. When her perception changed, her condition changed. Can you stand to your feet all over this building? Let's go ahead and dim those lights. (laughs) Can I tell you today that when your perception changes, when your view changes, that nobody can hold you back? When your perception changes, that's when no one can stop you. That's when nothing can limit you in your life. That's when nothing can bind you in Jesus' name. When your perception changes. When your view changes. The moment that you begin to think different, that's when you begin to move differently in your life. The moment you begin to think differently, that's when you begin to act differently. 
You begin to function differently. The Bible says, set your mind on things above. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So you will have a different outlook, a different perspective of what it is you're going through right now. How many of you in this room, along with me, you have things that you want to do this year that you didn't get done last year? I'm not just talking about cleaning your yard. I'm talking about God taking you to a new place or, or giving you a new purpose or giving you a, a new understanding. Or Father, I want to make more money this year because I want to give more this year. I want to do more for you, Lord. And you set goals that you did not achieve last year, but yet you want to reach those goals this year. It's not about God making you stronger. It's not about God putting the right people around you always. It's not about God opening the door for you. It's about you getting a different perspective, number one, of who he is and who you are and of the situations that you're going through today in your life. God, open my eyes. Get a different perspective of your value today. Look at someone next to you and say, you're valuable. Come on. You might not see it, but you are valuable today. You are valuable to the kingdom of God. You are worthy today. Amen? What you're going through right now, if you will just ask God, Father, show me what it is that you want me to do in this situation. Lord, let me see the hidden things. Let me see the things, Father, that I keep tripping over. Help me find my way. You know how you find your way? In the Word. He said, Thy Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. If you want to know where you're going and quit tripping up, get more into the Word. The Word will bring understanding because you have a new perception, a new perspective of the situation. I'm going to pray in this room today. We're going to do a general prayer in this room. We're going to start the New Year's off right, and then we're going to go. But the way I want to do this today, if you're comfortable with it, I want you to join hands with the person that's next to you. It's our, we have hand sanitizer afterward. It's all right. This is important today. You may say, oh, Pastor went well, I didn't go long today. You want to see me go long? I can preach till 2, 3 o'clock if you want me to. Why? Because I love this. This isn't a routine. This isn't a service today. This is us getting together to worship God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. The creator of your body. The one that breathed the breath of life in you in Genesis. The one that can change your situation. The one that can bring you into the next. The one that can send that person into your life, single person. The one that can heal that broken relationship and mend that broken relationship mended from now on, married people. The one that can help you and give you wisdom, but help you to find the knowledge you need to make it different this year in your life. You are not a failure. You've just been looking at it wrong. Here's my prayer as I pray in a minute. I pray that God will either turn you around or turn it around to where you have a different view. You once seen through a glass darkly, like Paul, right? God's about to take the scales off someone's eyes in this room today. He's about to take them off, and you're not going to look like a loser when you look in the mirror anymore. You're not going to look like a failure when you see yourself anymore. You're not going to see someone who's just overweight and out of shape and getting old and hair falling out and needs glasses and wrinkles. You will not see that anymore. I pray today that when you see yourself, that you look at yourself as God sees you. Amen? Because that's who you are. That is who you are. What do you mean? You are who he is. You were created in his image. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made in the image of God in Jesus' name. Amen? You are wanted. You are loved. Someone just lift your hand and say, I am free in Jesus' name. Come on. This is who you are. Who are you? 
I'm forgiven in Jesus' name. Who are you? I am the head and not the tail in Jesus' name. I'm above and not beneath in Jesus' name. I'm a warrior dressed and ready and prepared for battle in Jesus' name. I'm on a mission. I'm not who they say I am. I'm not going to get my mind stuck in the past or in the clouds anymore. I'm headed towards what Jesus says I am. That is who I am in Jesus' name. Don't anybody ever, don't let anybody ever tell you different. You are different. You are changed. You are not a failure. You're not. See yourself different this year. I don't care if you get to wake up every day and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're worthy. You're loved. You're changed. You're strong. Can I tell you, you need to say it even when you don't feel it. I don't care if you wake up and you have the worst hair day in the world. You're a handsome fella. You're a beautiful lady. Why? Because Jesus is in me. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm an ambassador. I'm representation of who he is. I get the blood of the king flowing through me in Jesus' name. Amen. That's who I am. And I'm walking out with confidence. If you don't have the confidence, you might as well just forget it and stay home. How do you get the confidence? You know who's in you. And the word of God says, greater, greater, greater is he who is in me than anything that the world says. Amen. Than anything that is in the world. Anything the world has ever called me. Greater is he that is in me. And because he is in me, that is who I am. In Jesus' name. That's what we're going to pray. I pray that God will open your eyes and you will see who you have more confidence as a believer than you've ever had this year. And through that, you're going to lead more lost to him. All of it's for his glory, not yours. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, lift your voice. Oh, we know how to pray. If you want confidence, I pray that you start this year off, this prayer off the right way with confidence. Just begin to lift your voice. Get mad at the devil. Let the devil know that you are not going to stand for it anymore. He cannot invade your family anymore. He cannot have control of your mind anymore. You've given these things away, but you are taking them back in Jesus' name. I'm taking them back in Jesus' name. And because of that, I will have the knowledge. I will have the wisdom. I will put my hands to work in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now. And devil, we rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for all the good times, Lord. We thank you for all the bad times, God. They have taught us. We have learned. They have made us stronger, Lord God. We've got better understanding through our failures, Lord God. I pray today, Lord, that you just begin to give us that, Lord God. We ask for your wisdom to be imparted in us, God. I pray, Father, that we prioritize this year the right way, that we stay in your word, we stay in communication with you, Lord God. And, Father, that when the enemy tries to deceive us, when the enemy attacks our minds, that, Father, we don't give him an ear, Lord God.